folks it's a damn blizzard um yeah the, we've been we've been blanketed uh it's 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 a damn quilt out there of that of that beautiful those beautiful snowflakes yeah beautiful blizzard's a bit harder during a pandemic just because like there's nowhere you can go by the way like if anyone's listening in the future we're still in the midst of one the of those corona remember. corona business that thing you're you're still uh, dying from on mass. It's started <laughs> around now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it though. The snow's fun to me. I, it's very it t- it's it tickles a little childlike whimsy um, for me for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know where where are you supposed to go in the pandemic or, or sorry in the blizzard anyway. I mean, it's That's time true. to time to gaze wistfully out your window. Maybe perhaps bake bake some cookies. Smoke some cigarettes. Smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Always a good time to do one of those. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um. That's cool. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. No. But the pandemic is still raging. Um. The specter of death looms over all of us. Uh. But what's up, Mac? Well, how are you feeling about uh the vaccine, Mac? Mac, as a as a journalist, are you a frontline? Do you consider it a frontline worker? A well, first responder. Considering all the risks I put myself in, um, standing two feet away from my computer for eight hours a day no, in my Mac, apartment. You're a first responder <laughs> in the war on mis- disinformation. Um. Yeah. I mean, you're a frontline. I troop. pretty much like it seems like I'm probably like one of the last people on the line to get a vaccine, which yeah, is I like c- considering how it's rolled out so far. It's like probably by the time I'm rotting in the ground i'll yeah, get it exactly yeah they'll just dump some they'll sprinkle it on you like yeah. like holy water for your last <laughs> race i feel the same way yeah i probably won't i don't have no reason to be vaccinated uh, would you get it if you could yeah 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 yeah. why not i mean granted like it, it, it did give me a little pause when hank aaron got it they like hank aaron the baseball player right who was like you know a fucking John, I was about to say genre defining as if he was a musician, but he <laughs> he was like a he was like a, a truly um, legendary athlete and Jackie Robinson esque in his uh, you know uh, um, efforts to uh, sort of like break down the color barrier such as it existed. So has the record for home runs, right? The record for home runs. Uh, I don't really know anything about baseball, but. They they pulled him out because he was like in his nineties, and they were like, "Look, we're, if Hank Aaron can get the vaccine and be fine, you'll be fine." And then he died like ten days after he got it. Yeah, I so did, that's not <laughs> yeah. that's not awesome. I did, yeah. I mean, that sucks. I did hear though that's, that's like a bummer, he, but that he, was he, he wasn't because of the vaccine. Probably is what wasn't, saying. but it doesn't. Bad look timing good. though. Bad. But, you know, you've got the uh, who's the Kennedy that's like super. There's a there's one of the Kennedys that's still alive. Is like a big time like anti. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. he was he was posting about that and got like I just I. But tangentially saw on the internet, but people were freaking out. Kennedys are extremely fragile. I mean, <laughs> if the record has anything to say, Kennedys <laughs> do not, they, they have a short shelf life. Um, but yeah, he, the one is an anti-vaxxer. Um, no, but the th- I, I, listen, I'll take whatever vaccine they want to give me, but I want that Russian vaccine. The I want Sputnik? This, I want Sputnik 5. I want five doses of it. <laughs> I, want to take, I, want, I want one in each limb in my and my head. <laughs> of spending fun. I thought uh, I thought the Sputnik vaccine didn't work. 
Mac, you're setting me up to do an epic dunk on you because, <laughs> in fact, it does fucking work. It, and everyone was intoning darkly about how they were oh, they're rushing it. Putin's rushing the vaccine in order to own us and get it out first. And, like, that's probably, the, I mean, it's certainly true. But also, it, I think it just came out today that, like, irrefutably, or maybe not irrefutably, but there's peer-reviewed research to suggest that it's, like, 95% effective. It's, like, more effective on the margins than several of the American vaccines. Yeah. And it just works perfectly fine. And it's just, like, well, everyone's like, well, uh, that may be true, but uh, the, the way the way they did it was just, uh, irresponsible. Yeah. I mean, interesting. I, I would be, like, curious why it took six months after it was released to have the first peer-reviewed study. That seems pretty... I just think that's how it works. I think if you look, I haven't looked into it, but I I think like the fact of the matter is that like, you know, it takes a little while to get the research done. I don't think there are really any irregularities. They've already been doing a bunch of research on the, on the new ones though. Yeah. But they started it at a later time. I think like the peer review process came out, you know, at a, at a regular interval from when everything else, all the other milestones were being hit. But I think people were saying, People in the in the U.S. media were in the Western media were, were were fretting that like oh they're saying like oh they're they're going too fast they're right. doing it they're not they're not taking the proper protocols. Meanwhile, like half the Western vaccines don't even fucking work. Like so the one that came out like the, the British one of the British ones or whatever that just came out. It's like sixty percent perfect effective, right. meaning it's just like yeah uh, toss up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it might work. Might so not. Jonas, since you're lining up to get the Sputnik vaccine, is a I condition of getting it? Does it mean that you have to be an online troll? I am a I am a I am a bot. I'm an already an online troll, but I think part of the condition is I'm an already human online troll, but in, instead I'll be lobotomized and turned into a robot <laughs> online troll. And but I'll be safe from the coronavirus. So. All right. Well, y'all hurry here cool. first. He's getting Sputnik. Um, I'm getting Sputnik, and I'm getting an ice pick lobotomy. So before we move on, I just like I feel like it, we'd be uh, remiss not to note on um, this is the second week of our podcast, and in those two weeks, we have yet another great leader that's fallen by the wayside. Another, another trailblazing. Yeah, like a, a, a dirigeant, a um, yeah, just like a, uh, a a titan of our times has has nobly abdicated power. Um, last week was obviously Trump. This week, uh, Jeff Bezos has stepped down from Amazon yeah. as CEO. What to, do you think about all that? Um, I presume I presume it's in order to do had to devote his time fully to doing like uh Mars. It's for Mars. It's for Mars or or just weird sexts where he's like sexting uh like the checkout girl at the juice bar he goes to and being like, I want to hold you, baby. I'm horny. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, trying to maximize his Lex Luthor image too. Right, I feel yeah. like it takes a lot of time. He has to do work. He's working out his head more. He's doing jaw jaw lifts and shit to have a gigantic jacked skull. Um, no, I honestly, well, uh, you know, he sat down because he's like, oh, I, I want to, I'm leading all of these other well-known things that you know about, including like the Bezos initiative to boil the oceans. And everyone's like, what's that? He's like, oh, no, don't worry about it. It's going to be good. But I'm like, eh, it, were you doing sex stuff? Like, did you get <laughs> caught doing sex stuff and you're like, you're, you're stepping down now, right? Like, yeah, maybe. Why other, why else do people, we know that Bezos is officially horny because from his, from the dick pic scandal? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to tell people a little bit about I what I don't really was? even remember so much, but like, is that why he got, he, that's why he got divorced, right? That was, I think that was part of it. Yeah. There was like a whole thing of like the National Enquirer was like at the time threatening to blackmail him with like pics of his 
his penis that they said did, they had. Did those ever come? Those, yeah. I don't think they ever made their way out. I think some people saw them, but some it was like people, a big suit about. Like, yeah, some people got in some mysterious car accidents and <laughs> <laughs> that, that went away. If you're Jeff Bezos and you can't stop your own hog pictures from coming out, then like, what? How much power do you really have? Yeah, there's cybersecurity over I there. See the AWS is he probably the fucked up thing is he probably has like a that's a big dick. Oh, probably. It's pro- but it's probably very strangely shaped. You know, like and a I've Benedict Cumberbatch type of. Oh, okay. Dick. I don't want to. I don't want to slander Benedict. <laughs> I don't know the shape of his member, but, um, yeah. So yeah. So but anyway, he's gone. He's gonna step down to continue doing, devoting more en- energy and time to his other, um, malign enterprises. And you know, I guess I wish. Yeah, we wish him all the best. Yeah. Well, good luck podcast. to Jeff Bezos. Well, so moving on a little bit. Last time, last thing we spoke about before we exited our inaugural podcast was a little hint of what we'd be talking about today regarding um, the question of tech censorship of conservatives and whether or not that's (laughs) a real thing or not. Jonah, you're laughing. Sorry, uh, I didn't mean to snicker. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, let's like preface this a bit. I mean, like, let's not. you know, this isn't going to be the type of podcast program where we're just like Mac and I are duking it out over or doing crossfire style takes at each other. But um, despite the fact that uh, we may have some disagreements, but uh, yeah, I mean, the reason I guess this is like a, uh, this is resurged back into the news and, and a lot of people are filling their diapers on the Internet about so like censorship and so forth is uh, like the so after the s- topic of our last episode, the Capitol riots. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of ban hammers came down. The mods came out of the woodwork, um, and they said, "Enough is enough, children. You've been rowdy, and it's time to it's time to go to timeout." And so they banned Trump from Twitter. And pretty much everyone and else. Pr- and p- and Pinterest, too. they destroyed his Pinterest account. <laughs> um, and several, yeah, pretty much everywhere else. And then, uh, yeah, they got rid of Parler. The or it was like deplatformed in the sense that, like, uh, Mac, maybe you can say specifically what happened. But it, they like took it off the App Store and such, right? right? Yeah. So Parler, for those who like don't know, is was like a, it was supposed to be a, c- it was a, cool a social place media to hang conservative, out a social media alternative for conservatives. It wasn't like expressly for conservatives though. Like, what, like, I, wasn't it, when it like became a thing, it was just sort of like an alternative. And then I think like, like uh, conservatives who wanted to like do death threats and shit like went there. Well, naturally, so it wasn't like it wasn't like, like on their the on their labeling. It wasn't like well, this is a place for conservatives, but that's exactly what it was. I mean, it was yeah. it was it was built as a protest to like what was perceived as like social media bias against okay. conservatives. Like the 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 CEO has done a lot of interviews. Part of them like yeah. sort of got him like his foot in his mouth and, and led to like this like all the deplatforming. And he's like their whole thing is their their uh, First Amendment like first platform which is like amazing is like it is that's such a good idea why hadn't anyone thought of that <laughs> yeah well there was other you know there's like fucking gab which was around for a while oh, too shit, yeah you remember gab gab, yeah, gab is dude gab is still going i felt like everyone just left gab well the thing with gab is like so i was can on you do there porn for a little bit i think you can do because you can't <laughs> do porn on parlor which is so fucking yeah fucked up like they're gonna be the anti-censorship <laughs> thing and twitter you can do dick pics you can post your you can do titty pics. You can get whatever you want going on there. Like, there's whole, 
you know, it's a whole ecosystem. Yeah. Well, that's the irony, right? Is that like even the most like cherished free speech platforms, they're still moderating some things, right? They're moderating whether it's like nudity or whatever. But no, that Gab is still a thing. I was on there for a while, just like sneak in and see what was going on. Your on. Alt? Yeah, my alt. I'm you know dark Mac sixty nine. <laughs> um, but no, it's. I mean, the thing is with that and at Parlor, from what I understand, was less so. But it was it was very much like this, where it's like, yeah, Gab was like originally a place where the people who got kicked off of Twitter. That's go there to bitch about being banned yeah but dude it was like i swear i and i was on there for a while there's no like just it's not like people talking about like low taxes and like business practices like conservative stuff it's all like fucking 4chan like like really like like vitriolic shit you know what i mean and that's a lot of what happened on parlor too yeah I think that's because, like, a lot of people want to say that, like, the the project of, like, the Republican Party or, like, the right in this country is, like, can somehow be teased out. Like, the, 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 the business-friendly aspects can be teased out of the, like, sadism and uh, um, racism and homophobia, all of the, the, and, like, extreme disdain for human life. In the, in, in the abstract and like I, I think that's why it's like when you see it where it's just like finally like a place for conservatives to just be themselves let's check in and they're like oh, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna take AOC and I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna string her up and it's like okay well okay excuse me sorry that was not what you were supposed to see let's, <laughs> let's check in on Gab now where conservatives are actually being themselves and it's like god I'm fucking <laughs> this is like maybe maybe there's something to be said for the fact that like Every time that it's just like a space for these, for like conservatives. I mean, granted, well, there are a lot of conservatives who are just normal people who have uh, uh, economic views that I well, find very stupid. But you know where those people are? They're on fucking they're on Twitter. Fucking Twitter, Twitter yeah. You know what I mean? Just on Twitter so, being normal. They're on the New York Times op-ed page, right. which is why, like, yeah. So I guess this was like a thing, right? Like, oh, are, are conservatives being boxed out? Like, yeah. Who was that woman who was like on the? who was, like, giving a... She was, like, on the Senate floor or something with a face mask on that said censored, but she was, like, oh, on TV. <laughs> I, you know, I hate that I can't remember her name right now, but she's she's that kind of... Yeah, rad. she's been getting a lot of... Was that, was that MG, MGT? Was, what's the initial stuff for? Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene? Maybe. I know she's been getting a lot... Like, there's rocks, there's been... Dude. It's funny because since the, ele- since the election, and well, and sp- specifically since Trump left, there has been, like, sort of... I guess like and everyone's commented on this, but like the divide in the Republican Party of like yeah the more like these types yeah it was her um, versus like the Mitch McConnells and stuff who are like kind of less like interested in it at least these people well this is the thing this is like the fundamental dynamic that's happened where it's just like the Mitch McConnell types have been selling the shit they've been like pushing the dope for the longest time because it works for them it does it, it achieves their purposes but now like the actual fucking hop heads are like getting elected themselves yeah and everyone's like oh no like wait you act like it's like they they're high on their own fucking supply yeah and that was never the case like it was always a cynical thing like okay like you say that like yeah like obama is like a gay dog-eating muslim <laughs> And you say that to the rubes, but, like, you don't actually think that. But, like, you say that because it works for you. But now the people who have been swallowing that shit hook, line, and sinker for a long time, they're literally, they're, like, literally getting elected. Yeah. And then it's, like, they also, they want to fucking guillotine Mike Pence. Yeah. And shit. And it's sort of gotten out of hand. It's a, 
almost as though the chickens have come home to roost. Yeah, maybe um, to, to back up just a little bit, though, yeah. so give a little bit more context of all this. So, yeah, so Parler and the Trump, like, deplatforming, that was a big thing, like, mainly because not only did they get kicked off of um, social media, but they also got kicked off of, like, AWS, which hosts, like, uh, yeah, what is AWS? Can Amazon, you, can you explain? Web Amazon Web Services. services. Yeah. What is it? Because they've been doing those terrible ads on all the football where they have, like, the guy. Have you been watching any football? No. I guess the Houston, the, the, the Texans didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, if the Texans aren't in it, then I'm not There's, not like, watching. these terrible ads where, like, they have, like, these, like, NFL players, like, break down a play and they're like whoa 13 percent of making yeah. that catch i can do that backflip ah <laughs> and then this is like okay and it's like next gen stats from aws but i'm like what what's yeah. going on here well so anyone who's like a you know a big tech person is gonna laugh at my description but i'll do my best generally none of, them, none of those people are listening that's true this. so <laughs> fuck them but generally like aws is, is a web hosting platform so like if you're a co- like if you're you or me making a website or like even bigger companies like Netflix uses like AWS, they yeah. essentially it's really expensive if you're uh, a website to like own servers and shit I and see. maintain it. Oh, and so, so they're just AWS, like a hosting service. They're hosting, yeah. They okay. host the servers and you rent out the servers. Who from else does AWS. that? Who uh, it's uh, like GoDaddy does that and a bunch of other like um, oh. smaller names do and also bigger names. I'm blanking on the bigger names, but yeah, no AWS really like in short what's interesting is because like they are rel- they're like within like 20 years of being a company and it's kind of funny how they got their start was like amazon back in the day because they were such a big retail platform no one could really handle their website and so they built their own in-house service and it got it was so good essentially at what it did that they then turned that into a business which is aws um but all is that is to say the reason why it's important is because it's one thing to be kicked off of like twitter or facebook or whatever because the argument is is that like you can just go somewhere else but when you get kicked off of aws which parlor did and oh, they, other did. Company, they got kicked off yeah so they're just like gone. they're like in the abyss now. they're in the abyss i mean it's funny because they <laughs> actually they are back but they found they're like bane they've the crawled out of the yeah they, i was born <laughs> i was born in the darkness yeah they found this like it's this really obscure russian domain hosting platform that has like has awesome. no other american companies on it and so they're hosting them but it's like it's impossible to find them really i mean you can find them but it's difficult and um so yeah but the whole point is that like if the argument was like you can just go somewhere else that's becoming less so and so for people who like the whole idea that the liberal media or like liberal tech companies have been silencing conservatives it's not new it's been going a lot it's been around for a long time but it can it was easily written off but in the last couple of weeks it's gained a lot more traction just because um the fundamentals have shifted a little bit because you really do have like you know trump is essentially gone like you i haven't heard from you haven't heard from him like parlor is taken off he's safe and so, you know, that it, it feeds fire to this argument that, like, uh, these companies are um, eliminating them on political bias. But and we'll but, go but, into but, it that it's very yeah, complicated. But like, what do you? Yeah. What do you what are you what are you thinking? To me, it's like it's obviously not political bias because it's like they're perfectly happy to allow as much as they can in terms of like the extremity of speech um, until it just becomes a liability. You know, I mean, I, and I think that's like why, like, all these tech companies are doing this weird dance where 
they're like are, are, they're trying to say like oh we're not publishers like we're not liable for any of this stuff we're just like merely uh, we're just like a, a conduit for people to directly speak to one another we're not like publishing anyone any any of this um any speech but then like their entire they clearly are that right well they're so and i think like you see a lot of this big wave of like cracking down on like far right people mostly people who can afford to be lost you know i mean in terms of like the getting like axing parlor kicking trump off the internet like the day he's out the door at the white house anyway it's just like they're classically just like waiting to see how things are going to play out and then just like picking the winning horse and i think something you were saying off mic too is that like a lot of these companies the last are just like are maneuvering every day in and day out to just avoid being regulated especially or god forbid broken up which i don't think anyone in, in our political establishment has has the balls to actually do but that's certainly what ought to be done i think for most of these companies certainly facebook and so what they want to do is like you were saying like demonstrate like hey we're go- hey, hey hey we saw that too man that was some crazy shit check it out like yo, know, those guys they're gone they can't hurt you anymore um we, we sorted it out so just everything's cool now yeah it's interesting though because i mean i think that's right the timing is like not random right it's like these like most of these companies decide to make a big push the last literally the last week of the Trump presidency when there's like a lot of like talk of the new administration potentially getting going hard on them. But I think what's one interesting thing to point out, right. Is that like, it is like, I feel like if you're paying attention to this, it's very arbitrary and it's like the companies are deciding who's going to be there and who's not, but they're still like, they're still grounding all the decisions in like, Oh, so-and-so violated this clause of our terms of service. Like, even if it is arbitrary, Such like, there is, like, like I think that they said that, you know, both Parler and Trump, why they were gone is because they repeatedly violated their calls to incite violence. But it's, like, that it's, that loses some of its merit because a lot of people have pointed out that if you're Twitter or Facebook, these are global companies with users all around the world, right? And it's, like, there's, they you know, you're not seeing bands of people of, like, authoritarian rulers in, like, other countries who yeah, are uh, regularly calling for violence and so you know to to stick it to just say like oh they violate our terms of service it it increasingly seems to lack any real it's obviously just a question of expediency and it's a question of like uh oh like we got used like people went too far using our platforms now because like we were talking about last time like the capital riot thing was like you know it was like this sort of non-threatening vague undirected anger about dumb shit that doesn't actually challenge any like fundamental load-bearing structures of our society and the stuff that is important to be kept going like you know the preservation of markets and so forth so it's like okay if you guys want to like throw a tantrum about like trump not being president anymore like that's fine like that can be allowed to happen but then like okay it got way out of hand and then all of a sudden it's like some of these platforms have like egg on their face because they're like okay we need to uh you know reel it in now right and i think that that's what that's what precipitated like you know these bands and the notion of like and just i guess to put it to put a bow on it like you know the notion that like conservatives or right wingers are being um uh you know are being silenced 
is like only a function of the fact that like we live in such a right wing society that like the actual extreme right fringe is a pretty like quasi acceptable stance. And so it's like, if you're like in what is considered the mainstream, right? It doesn't take you to, you don't have to go too much further to get into like full Nazi shit. Right. And then like that is still, at least for now, a taboo in our society. Whereas like liberals or like who are considered the left wing or liberals, like they are a center. This is a very centrist point of view. It's a very tepid. Um, there's nothing inflammatory about anything that the, the, the Democratic Party line, you know, wants to tow. So it's just like you can you have a whole lot of distance you can cover between like what is standard mainstream Democratic politics and like what is like and being like a Stalinist or whatever. Right. Not even to say that that is uh, you know equivalent to being a Nazi, but. That's what I think accounts for for some of it. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, it sounds like we both sort of agree that it's arbitrary at some level of it about deciding who stays and who goes in these platforms. But I think to, like, to address, like, the bigger question of, like, is this, like, overwhelmingly the bans and the takedowns, is it overwhelmingly affecting conservatives? That is, I think, a lot of reasonable people ask that question, like, people I know ask that question. But when you look into the, yeah, when you look into, like, the actual numbers of it and the figures it really doesn't bear out and it's like one we talked about this before but it's like if you look at like just any metric right if you look at engagement if you look at like views if you look at exposure online Mm -hmm. there's so many studies that have shown that like conservative outlets with the daily caller or fox news are up there in the top five of like of content all the time but so they they are like yeah they're doing huge fucking numbers yet at the same time because like and you mentioned this when we were off mic because like those people are not the ones that are in like sort of like the the glamorous parts of society yeah, like they're not on yeah. snl they're not like on like you know they're, they're they're ostracized by the like elite that holds like cultural cachet it they it gives off the impression that they're not being heard well meanwhile in the aggregate they are like kind of dominating social they media. fucking won they won <laughs> yeah like if you're a Republican, like a like a like a Lindsey Graham or whomever, like you won, like you have a, a, a stranglehold on our entire society from, you know, the way that the workplace uh, is is governed to taxes to, you know, regulate. I mean, like we live like Republicans have we live in like in, in their world, you know, yeah. it's their world. We're only living in it, um, at least for the past 30 years at least much even even longer and and you're right like that's the thing though is like there's this perpetual temper tantrum being thrown because they're like what they really want is to like like you said like they want to be in the culture like they want to see themselves on tv because like the way it broke down is like liberals got culture and democrat and republicans got everything else right um which is like the shit that actually matters but also like the Republicans are such sore or like right wingers in this country are such sore winners that they can't like see that they have, they've been essentially dictating terms for the past 40 plus years. Right. But because it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, Cory Booker gets to go on SNL and like twerk and crump oh. with Ariana Grande. <laughs> and they're like, this is some fucking like stodgy Republicans. Like, oh, that, should, Dude, Joe, that should be me. <laughs> that's where the true power lies. Yeah, like well, you know, I mean, kind of, <laughs> I mean, like, in a sense, like, I think that's where all this like cancel culture stuff comes from because it's like, 
regardless of what you think of the merits of, of that in, in the in, to the extent that that is even one thing, like it all comes with the fact that like the left such as it is, which it really barely does, does exist, but like liberals hold cultural power and like that's, uh, more intangible, but it is something that we is we're all stewed in. We're right. steeping in it all the time. And so, like Ted Cruz wants to do like epic memes on Twitter and like get retweets from, like, uh, yeah, like, uh, you know, uh, people like Rihanna and so forth. And he can't get it. And I think that like kind of that, that sticks in their craw, which yeah. is so pathetic because it's like, guys, you have fucking everything you want. Like you right. won. Like we live in your world. Well, it's also, I mean, like, it's kind of the greatest irony, at least to me, of this whole thing, though, is that, like, who, who, like, name one person who benefited more from Twitter than, like, Donald fucking Trump. You know what I mean? It's like, he is, like, that is so, such an important reason of why he got elected. And, like, you literally have, like, you have, you have, like, dozens, probably way more than that, of, like, journalists and other people on, like, just commentators on Twitter who have a full-time job or did of just looking at his tweets like this it's crazy yeah yeah, yeah. You, know, you know what i mean like it's <laughs> yeah dude if you want to talk about jobs honestly banning trump was probably a huge blow to the, to oh, the yeah. job market you for know? sure i mean there's a lot there's a le- several pillars of the economy i feel like were holding up just trump's tweets who were those do you know those guys who were like they were the twins the krasensteins yeah the yeah, krasensteins they would just like every trump post they would just like try to be there first and say they'd be like shit, you're but... fired sir <laughs> boom <laughs> just like the most yeah. dumb shit yeah but they yeah they they, they they secured their bag yeah um in so doing but all that's to say yeah so i think we cleared that pretty well but it's yeah. i i do i think one general thing like i've been thinking about a lot that I think it's it's not this is I don't like it's really not limited to just like conservative people or like conservative censorship in general, but it applies here, which is that like we and a big part of this podcast is that everything is so online now, like the internet yeah. consumes everything, that it's like when you see like a single example of something, it's really easy to make that prove like a norm. Yeah, and you're like, oh, this is the norm. This is the trend. Yeah, yeah. Like every day, I guarantee you, every day someone is being like falsely taken off of Twitter because like they misgendered someone or like they said like a little bit <laughs> bad word or something. Yeah. And like that sucks, but that's not indicative necessarily of a trend towards fulfilling the statement that like conservatives are being silenced at large. Like you yeah. can't pick out just one thing because like I'm sure there's tons of people like on the left who are like also being taken down, but one it's not as many because as you mentioned it's like the people that are transgressing just happen to be closer to the right for the most part and two it's like even if they if they there were more leftists that are being taken down that still doesn't necessarily constitute a trend there's just like so many people online that you're going to have some percent of people that are being taken down for any number of reasons well yes but and but i also would i would say i mean like i really do think like if you're like a like let's say you're like a leftist and you are like stridently in support of Palestinians or like you support BDS or something. I mean, that's something that actually threatens a a, a structural element of like our society and like our, the policy of this, of, of American empire. And that is met with like the mailed glove of, of the state, but that just doesn't get, it doesn't really scan as the same thing because it's like, of course those people are outside of the norm. Like, I mean, you saw like, literally was attempted to be voted in, and i think it was i mean i should know this but i believe it was 
it was absolutely voted on that it should just it should be illegal to support the boycott the BDS movement against Israel. I, I it should be illegal to boycott the nation of Israel on the merit of what that being anti-Semitic or something. So it's yeah. like you see that there there is like very heavy-handed censorship that is meted out, but it's just like it doesn't scan the same way as when it's like you know someone being like oh fucking uh, 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 yeah, I identify as as a fucking as a, as a fridge ha ah, fuck you <laughs> and they're like okay you have to go into timeout now cuz you said like a you said like the n word when you were making up your point and they're like I'm being silenced but it's like right. there's a lot of evidence to suggest as well that like people when you're actually threatening the load-bearing structures of capitalism of the people who pay the bills for these media companies and so forth, like then it's more, that's more annoying. Whereas if you're on the right, you fundamentally support everything that's already happening. Cause the right has been calling shots in this country and much of the yeah. world for a long time. So it's like, but the thing is like when it gets too nutty, when it gets too zany and you're tra- talking about like stringing up Nancy Pelosi uh, then like you know you need to they they need to fucking jerk the leash a little bit and that's right. what happens when you see like people getting people getting banned yeah and yeah. uh you know well swatted generally it's like and i think like you know we agree with most of that in general like and as i think we've described like the data and just like my opinion it doesn't i don't really like believe the idea that, like there is this mass like cens- censoring of conservatives however that being said yeah, three Pino- three flame Pinocchios. But like it does bring up like an interesting like point though that's like yeah, maybe this is not indicative of like sen- of mass conservative censorship, but it is like striking the fact that like at a whim these companies whether it's AWS or Twitter or anyone can essentially banish someone of any political leaning from existing. Like Parler is dead. Tw- Trump is like Bye. no longer Trump, who was someone that was like dominating every news cycle, is now completely abandoned. And it's like, it feels definitely, it feels to me like icky that like some company that's run by like literally fucking millennials who like have no, have never been like voted into office or have done any civics of any sort can decide this. It's true. They haven't, they've not, they've not passed the civics class. They probably haven't. Yeah, you know. But the thing is, it's like I can do nothing but fucking embellish because this is the fucking exact world they wanted to live in. If you're a conservative and you're mad now that you're that a fucking private company has complete power to unilaterally do whatever it wants to you, congratulations, that's the world that you fucking you demanded that we live in. And guess right. what? You're now you're getting owned because you're getting a little too strange through for like you know the the balance sheet, and it, it's like. Perfect. It's like perfect irony. I mean, the chickens have come home to roost, uh, and they're shitting all over you. Oh, they're shitting. They're shitting big, big time. time. And it's just like, dude, sorry, goodbye, fuck you. I mean, yeah, not a tear, not a tear shed. And moreover, I do think that there is an intensifying dynamic because I think the Democrats are, are like the liberals, the left. I'm I'm struggling on like what to call this sort of conglomerate, like. Biden voting, whatever, like, I, you know, like, including me to some, to some degree. It's like we're treating more and more into their cultural power because they're, and abdicating 
like political and economic power and the democrat and the republicans sort of doing the same and i think that that's leading to more like maybe strident attempt by like people in liberal circles and people on the left broadly speaking in this country to like destroy people because they're like okay what what tools do we have available to us like we can fucking right. cancel your ass so you can never come on SNL again. Like, do, uh, you know, this or that thing that's bad. And therefore, because they're realizing that's the only lever that they that they have to pull. Right. Because, you know, we do, we just live in a world where, like, Biden comes into the office from, with, with the majority in both houses of the Congress. And is just like all right i'm going to i'm going to let the republicans come in and i'm going to hear them out for 10 days about why those stimulus bills should be fucking quarter of the size right and it's just like dude you fucking can do whatever you want like why yeah. are you doing this and so but the one thing that the one lever that the democrats have but that the the liberals have is like is this sort of cultural like who is in who is out thing um and i think they're using it more and more in a way that i think it's more and more like for downs to a uh, yeah, I guess my problem is that, like, even if, if you eliminate the Republicans from the situation, like, it fundamentally, I think it's like, you know, I don't like, you know, if, if, it, if it was that the shoe was on the other foot and it was like this was happening to, to like, whatever, left liberal people, then people I don't think would be very down for it. And if, in my position, is just more, it doesn't really matter who it's happening to. It's like, Okay, I, I get that you can have some some like decent conversation over saying that like maybe Facebook or Twitter should get rid of people for violating terms of service, but there does like in the t- bracket of like how information gets to you, like there's many layers past like Facebook and shit where it's like you've got AWS, you've got like AT and T who runs like the fucking like yeah, networks and shit so somewhere some. But they are though. That's the thing. The old like AWS and all of them, they have stepped in. And that's like that's why that's what I'm saying is that like that seems like a a, a troubling sort of change is that like the whole point the whole point of like why it's like acceptable at least has been acceptable to like be banished off of the socials is because like you can go somewhere else right you could have gone to parlor you could have gone to some other place but that's becoming like we're in a we're in a we're in a dangerous position where like you might not have anywhere else to go and that's you know we have to grapple with that in a kind of serious way instead of just yeah, dancing I mean, on like the dead that, bodies like, of like you know the bad guys i mean maybe yeah. i mean yeah it's like but that's just like the world that yeah like, how it is like that's again i can't help but think like it's like you're like you're a right winger on deregulation on anything you know you want businesses guess what yeah yeah step in say like yeah but eventually like it doesn't just impact them though you know but like that like i mean yeah i agree like to an extent like it's not a good brand probably but um i don't know i don't i don't really see what what's down about it now Yeah, let's do it. That would suck. How long is it? Like 
Can we pause for a sec? Um, if you want to go to notes, pause. We can pause, I guess, if you want. I kind of. It's, it'll be okay. We just gotta like give it some more. Um. Okay. Right. So we are back. We're back. Yeah. Um. So Jonah, have you um, have you been investing in GameStop? Um. Yeah. You know, I've had my green visor on. I've been uh, <laughs> at my uh, I've been at my quintuple monitor setup, monitoring monitoring a lot of a uh, lot of different uh, securities futures. And so forth. You holding the line? I'm holding. I am holding the line on GameStop. Well, so here's the thing. I did put some money in GameStop, um, just a bit, just for fun. And I, as far as that goes, I basically lost my shirt. But <laughs> it's been fun to be part of a of a, of a popular movement. I yeah. feel like a Maoist guerrilla. For uh, because for, of, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, okay. So as Mac was about to graciously do, what we're talking about is. Uh, you know, if you maybe heard, if, if this gets out anytime soon, you know, it's been a bit of a bit of bit of the talk of the town that, like, uh, small guy day trading investors have been pumping up a certain stock, um, much to the chagrin of Wall Street, um, and you know, it, it may not have ended up um, quite as auspiciously as I think a lot of these people perhaps hoped. These people, including myself to some degree but uh <laughs> with your green visor with my green visor yeah i'm doing i'm i have a green visor i have a cigarette burning in the ashtray i'm doing i'm using one of those calculators that has like the receipt that comes out of the top as you use it you know right. what i mean yeah we tap into it and this goes chip, 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 chip. i'm doing all of that and guys there's money to be made yeah well before we go before maybe joan you can explain a bit so like um so gamestop which like most of you guys know was like a still is like a retailer of like video games and like they made their money selling like hard hard discs and like they were hit especially hard the last couple of years because you know all games have moved to, to like downloading yeah, off the internet don't, people don't go to um, but it was still like quite um beloved by a lot of people and there was a big business of like um hedge fund groups like short selling GameStop to essentially make money off of it crashing and from what i understand like a bunch of like activist groups and like individual stock like individual like low money stock holders were investing into GameStop to essentially fuck over the short sellers who wanted to like um screw GameStop is yeah. that right like what was going on yeah i think that's as far as i understand that's fundamentally what was happening um people on there's a there was this reddit called wall street bets that's just day traders people i a lot of people will invest but they like they'll invest in stocks, but they do so in such a way as to put some money in the stock market and have it maybe have it grow over the long term. Um, whereas traders are people who are like reading the market. They're trying to see like who's going to, you know, maybe in the span of a couple days, even less than less than that time frame. Like, how can I I'll pump like several thousand dollars in this stock? It'll rise 20 percent and I'll cash out. Um, and thereby make some money. I mean, granted, you have to pay a lot of taxes when you do that. It's not like as as easy as it maybe appears. Also, because it's like the market is completely fucking capricious and unhinged to most indicators that you could uh, anticipate as like a as a human person. Um, but yeah, like the thing is, someone noticed that GameStop had been shorted 
more like to uh, to a very um, extreme degree by several hedge funds, including one um, that had like uh, several billion dollars of capital essentially uh, invested in the further diminution of their stock value. And the thing, the other thing that is like important to understand is like shorting a stock that that aggressively has a deleterious effect on it's sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy to a degree if, if if barring outside forces because when a stock is shorted that heavily it tends to depreciate in value because it it, it indicates um you know a lack of confidence uh in in the uh, fundamentals of the business so by shorting it you sort of make people wary of it which means that the value of the stock goes down, which means that the company's ability to like access capital, access liquidity for uh, you know operations, if they needed to raise money, for instance, to try to like save their business, it's harder to do when there's like a heavy short position out. So in a sense, like they're betting on the failure of GameStop, and they're also sort of egging it on, like egging yeah. on the collapse of what is certainly like probably a decaying and dying business, but one that you know, still it has a lot of stores and still is like a store that people go to and employs people. So there is like Have a you been to one recently. Have I been to a GameStop? No. Well, I did go to the. I, did, I went to a. I went to Target in Barclays Center the other day, and I mm-hmm. walked past GameStop. Yeah, um, it's a trip, dude. I mean, listen, GameStop kind of has a, like a near and dear spot in my heart because like I just grew up playing video games, and like yeah. I would go every week or so to GameStop to go peruse and like just look what they had. Like, dig around in the dollar bin and. Yeah, dude. But it's like regardless of this, kind of like not related to all this. It's just kind of sad because like when I went, I went there last year or something to get like a controller, and it's just like because they can't really make money selling games it's all like fucking you know like the the figurines that would come with like halo and shit like when you get like, the <laughs> ultimate yeah. edition it's like people selling that and stuff it's just like kind of crazy That's but cool. so is this like what what it sounds like as someone who doesn't really know much about this it, that whole like manip- like short shorting by like people that have a lot of capital at once it feels like kind of manipulating the market to a sense like if the market is supposed to be you know, in this like high high in the sky realm, like a indicator of like what's really going on. It seems like they're kind of manipulating that. Yeah, it's like that. a Schrodinger's cat thing. It's like by looking at it, you affect the outcome. I mm-hmm. mean, it's certainly that. Like, because people are paying attention to the market, and if people are seeing that GameStop, GameStop stock is 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 GameStop. GameStop, yeah, baby. <laughs> if they see that it's not faring well and it's on a downward trajectory, they're like, "All right, this is we smell rotting flesh." You know, there's no need to. I don't want to invest a bunch of capital into this business that, you know, seems to be on a downward trajectory. Okay, so basically, what, what I'm hearing then is it is it kind of like the Wall Street bets guys and the other people that are investing in GameStop now? Is it sort of like a reaction to like that, like? perceived manipulation of the stock yeah it started as like an indignant fuck you to these like hedge funds that are these like carrion eating vultures who are just like circling the the this like you know sickly donkey that is gme <laughs> gamestop and just waiting for it Great to die handle, by the way gme yeah yeah it's like rolls off the tongue but they were like fuck that and so the way it started the way this whole thing started was that one i think it was one specific guy who and these are people who are on the subreddit are like day traders. These aren't like the proletariat. Like these are people who mostly have have like fairly probably well paying jobs. Because if you have like several thousand dollars to play around with, 
um, tens of thousands even to play around with on the stock market in like day trading, which is highly speculative. It's highly volatile. You can lose your money like that. Like it's not like this isn't like a, some type of like, you know, unwashed working class revolt. I mean, it's certainly not to begin with, but someone noticed that, you know, there was a very heavy short position. And also to define that what that is, when you short a stock, what you do is you essentially borrow like stocks from another uh, another brokerage, someone else who holds them, and you say like, I'm going to give these back to you in like 10 days, just wait. And then what you do is you wait and then you sell them, you wait for the value to go down, buy them again at that lower value, and the difference you just keep, and then you return them. Right. So like I borrow a hundred stocks at ten dollars, sell them, and then I bet that they're gonna be worth seven dollars in ten days. I buy them back at seven, and then I give you the same stocks back that I just borrowed from you, but I gave I make three bucks on every single stock. So I gave you a bunch of beer, and then you sold it to other people for more, and then you're selling it back to me to fuck me essentially. No, I'm not fucking you. I'm. I mean, like that's the thing is like. I'm like, yo, you give me this, like you give me, you bought, okay, if we're going to use beer, you give me a 30 rack of, uh, of, of high life, of high life. Sure. And then I'm like, give that to me. I sell it to Ray, the dog who doesn't know any better for <laughs> Man, $10. Can he drink? He can drink. I, I give it to him for 10 bucks, but then I, I, I have a strong feeling that the value of that 30 rack is going to be $7 in 10 days. Okay. And so what I do then is I buy the same 30 rack that I gave to Ray who gave me $10 for it for seven bucks. And I give it back to you. I'm like, here's your beer back. But I made three bucks. Word. That makes sense. That's what short selling is. And so, but the thing is what someone noticed is that this is being heavily shorted. If the price were to go up, if for instance, the price of a high life were to go up from a dollar each to $15 each because tons of people are buying it and the demand is out of control, completely disproportionate to the supply, then I would have, I still owe you back your beer, but I just fucking, I have to buy it at like 15 times its value. And so that's what the squeeze is. That's what people were betting on that. Like all the short sellers we're gonna if if we if the redditors were to buy all these stocks, they drive up the price by buying them and then they hold them at the higher price. So when the short sellers have to return their debt, right, they have to buy them from whoever holds them, and they have to buy them from us at the high price that they are from having been pumped from everyone right. buying, 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 buying. So in the high life example, like if I if you if the high life was like one dollar, but then like the price went up to like twelve. But then you saw that the price was still gonna go up to a hundred. You're like hedging your bets by losing that ten dollars because, like, you know, if you don't pull out now, you're about to owe a lot of money. So, like, these guys on like the short sellers, like, they're losing a bunch of money. Like, I just heard that, like, as of like today, like short sellers in GameStop had lost like twelve billion dollars. But presumably, if they had not sold, then like they would have lost even more because the price kept going up, right? Because it keeps going up, right? And it could potentially go up infinitely. Like there's no ceiling. Um, and then so that was the bet, right? But that essentially was not borne out. I mean, today, this, the the price of Game Stock today. I mean, at its peak, it was like I think something like four hundred something. Yeah, that's what that's what I was today say, it's it now did, below hundred. It, it did like for a while, 
right last week like didn't it go because at like six months ago i think game stock a stock was like six bucks it was six bucks yeah. and now it at a point was, it was at 400. 400 so people Crazy. made tens that's, of millions of dollars that never and happens no know? absolutely not so that was like a sort of sort of like a fucking spartacus style moment where like lots of people and not only did they make a bunch of money they made it at the expense of these hedge funds who specifically the one that people were like name checking and getting calling out and that lost a ton of money their whole mo is That's like citadel capital or something it's or melvin like which melvin, is okay. like a subsidiary of this place called citadel but like they actually melvin returned did amazing roi in like the past several like fiscal years uh-huh. on the basis of short selling which is inherently a predatory practice it's saying like here's a brick or not necessarily brick and mortar but like here's a business that exists and like employs people and still works and we're gonna like bet that it's failing and like in so doing contribute to its failure. So it's like, it's sort of like, you can make a case that like, this is just like the, the, the machinations of the market and there's no getting around it, but like you're making money on the collapse yeah. of a business that employs people. And in so doing you're, you're, you're hastening its collapse. So it is gross. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, you're a flesh eater, you know, you're a fucking carrion eater. I have heard like in some places explain that like the short selling has a purpose because it it gives like a it's like a check on other investors where it gives you a better idea of what the real value of a stock is. Like what do you make of that? That seems kind of silly. Perhaps. Right? I mean, we no, I think saw, there's some but... logic to it, but I think the thing, yeah, the thing that we just saw is like it is all fucking wild west cuz like you could just pump a stock for whatever reason. And I think like the GameStop, like people were people were going on CNBC and intoning and wailing, like, "Oh, this isn't this has nothing to do with the actual value of GameStop," because like GameStop is probably which is like the, the word is fundamentals, right? That yeah, repeats a lot. It's like the fundamentals are like, you know, is it like a good sound business? It's on not. Yeah, and GameStop is probably on its way out. Like people aren't going to go buy video games at a brick and mortar store anymore. That's just something that's going to stop happening. So like GameStop's probably on its way out, and the pumping of the stock was disconnected from the fundamental value the fundamentals of the business but it was done in such a way to yes to chagrin and to say fuck you to these hedge funds that were like just circling like vultures over this carcass of this business that still is a business and like still does do stuff and employ people and they're like just making money off its death like you know they're just like feasting on its like you know decaying carcass um and the question is like, yeah, so does like does shorting it like help people ascertain the real value? And right. it's just like, buddy, like anyone who know who is knows anything who's involved in this, they know the real value of GameStop. Like there's no people aren't like the people who know are have a much clearer, granular more glan granular view of the value of a company and they're not just, you know, sticking their wetted finger to the wind about like what retail investors are doing about you don't think it. There's some diehard GameStop lovers in like Goldman Sachs. I like office to think. I like to think there are. I'm sure there are plenty of gamers uh, in, in the offices of Goldman Sachs. But yeah, I, 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 so it's sort of a crazy thing. I mean, ultimately, I think it's the way it would happen, like the squeeze of like people, of like the shorters needing to buy back. I think there was a lot, there's a lot of other things that you can do in a in like a sort of mitigated way that can help you cover your position. If you're a, an investment bank, you can borrow money from other banks. 
you can short again. You can just keep playing. Like you can just say like, okay, fine. I'm going to double down, double down, double down, double down. But like now my bet isn't due for like a month. Right. Like how long can these people, these like Reddit investors like wait with their cash in the stock that's just plummeting. So right. I don't think like this big squeeze is going to happen. I don't think a ton of people are going to make a ton of money at the expense of Wall Street. But, I mean, I do think it's instructive because it shows that, like, a lot of these people, like, you know, there's been, there was a universal revolt and outrage at the notion of, like, um, average, average types, you know, average people who don't know shit, uh, you know, the, the, the unwashed masses making a buck off by just doing, like, speculative casino-style investing, when that is absolutely what all of these hedge funds have been doing right all the time and what they got bailed out for doing in 2008 you so, know? I, so one thing that seems like a worth like mentioning here is that um part of the reason like so many of these people were able to like invest where it's like that there was like gatekeepers in the past is like robin hood specifically like it's like a app that has like no no immediate fees on like placing yeah um essentially a bet on the stock market can you talk a little bit about like Robinhood's role in all this? Because like from what I understand, it's like they cater a lot to like like low like people who are like betting with without like a like large um, investment, um, and they were a big driver of like why there was like a surge in investment in, like GameStop and other places. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think so. Robinhood does a thing where like you can just sign up with them, you can link your bank account, stick some cash in your account, and then just start buying stocks like. And they don't take a fee on, they don't take a fee on in the transfer. They don't take a fee on the sale or on the buy um, of a stock. So it's very like user friendly, low barrier to entry. And the way they make money is by like referring certain like higher value clients, such as they are, to um, like margin trading, which is where you like essentially borrow money to bet on stocks, and then uh, like you know, you're leveraged, like you're, you're betting on money you don't have, but it's something that's more high level and is usually done with people, people who have more money and have like a bigger margin of error. Like if they fuck up, right. like they can afford to lose a little money. Um, and it potentially nets you more money in, in, in the process. Um, so if you, if you're referred to their like more elite service, you, they make a little money. If you try to transfer the, your like your little stock portfolio, to someone else, to a different brokerage, to Citibank or to like Ameritrade or whatever, you they make money. But primarily how they make money is they are brokering all of your sales, all of your your buys. And what they do with that information is they give it slightly ahead of time to like their major big investors who are like big mutual firms, big mutual funds like big investors like BlackRock, like, uh, you know, other companies, including hedge funds. And so that they have a bit of a peak around the corner so they can say like, okay, we have like 70% of our users are, are, are buying uh, GameStop uh, this morning, like right. at open. So, you know, the price is about to go up like before it happens because right. like, and you only need like to know this shit ever so slightly in advance. So it essentially gives, the big firms and like the big actual Wall Street players, like they have few, they can see into the future ever so slightly, and that's all they need to to uh, come out on top. And that's effectively what's happened in this situation. I mean, like you said, a lot of people lost their like lost their fucking shirt on yeah on GameStop. I guess this it, week. it probably helps too if you're like using if you're one of those people that Robinhood sells information to to predict stuff. It probably helps that like 
Robin Hood, what they're really good at because there's no fees, but they're really good at is getting more users. Right. Absolutely. And it's like, and I think like, you know, in the last week, because there's been so much attention, we're talking about this, like everyone's talking about it. There's just been like a huge, like, like momentous, like surge in users going. Yeah. To but Robin people Hood. are also like pissed. Like people hate, well, explain hate them. Cause for... like, because last week, like during the midst of all this, like Robin Hood temporarily like blocked the sale of like, the purchase of stocks in GameStop, like yeah, probably they that? got too big for about? their britches, and I think they got they got out ahead over their skis a little bit because they had a huge influx of people who were trying to buy GameStop, and the more people buy it, the higher the price goes, and the higher the price goes, like the more money everyone who's bought it has made uh, on paper, before you know, in right. um, but they eventually. At a certain point, they were like, no more buying. Like, you cannot buy GameStop. If you have it, you can sell it. Um, and if, But if you don't, you can't buy anymore. Um, so they essentially, like, they ran out of money. Is essentially They ran happened, out of right? money to, uh, yeah, front these trades that people were trying to make because they weren't expecting this, and they weren't expecting this influx of users. But it also, the way it looked, and, you know, there's a lot to be said that there was something that, like, this also influenced the, the decision, and everyone interpreted it this way very fairly, that, like, they make most of their money by being like the stocking horse of these larger firms on Wall Street. You know what I mean? By right. selling data to them and so forth and taking a lot of money from them that they were getting they were getting destroyed. Like a lot of these firms like Melvin Capital, for instance, who was like the main malefactor in this little uh, drama like they were getting destroyed. And so it seemed as though in order to stop this like run on the stock that was like absolutely annihilating anyone who had a short position on it, including lots of hedge funds, they were just like, oh, you can't buy it anymore. Like, sorry, fuck you. Um, that's what, absolutely what it looked like. It seems now that like, yeah, they just didn't have enough money to be executing these trades on everyone's behalf. Like they were just like way, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, they what, they raised like in less than 24 hours, they raised like a billion dollars from outside investors to essentially pay for all that. Yeah. Right. Um, and most of those investors were like other banks on the street, you know, and other, other hedge funds. Um, so I think like, I don't know, I, I, I'm not an expert on this and I don't want to, I don't want to overstate my authority. Um, but I think the big picture is just that like any, any of these like Robin hood, very funnily, I mean, they, they, they were very explicit even in their name about being like, we're democratizing investing. Yo, like, yo, heck, get in, like get in, dude, we're bankrupting wall street. And it's just like, no, you're not. And like, <laughs> you're really not. And even if you wanted to, like, you can't do it because you don't have act. I guess one question I had about this, though, because I was doing some, like, research on it, and, like, the GameStop thing is, like, it's it's big, but it's not necessarily new. It's, like, I think, no, like, last not. year, similar things were going on with people pumping money into, like, Kodak and, this type um, of thing and does Nokia happen, and stuff. But it usually and, like, isn't but, being so, done by Redditors, you know? It's being well, done by banks. In, in that case, like, it was, though, right, from what it was specifically Kodak. 
but I guess like my question is like why now with like so why is that this happening like right now like why Dude, is it uh, going so crazy? I just think it's like internet phenomenology. Like why does anything happen then? Like why does why QAnon? Why why any of this stuff? I mean, I just think you <laughs> you have this like sort of lively subreddit, Wall Street Bets. I think like it had like two million people who were sub to it. Um, and there, someone just made a, essentially, it's just virality. I mean, this is just like the new, the, the new arbiter of our life. It's just like something stupid, something that has no intrinsic meaning greater than like something else that's more or less its equivalent, just going viral because of this, however, the, 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 the fucking quantum physics of that works. A bunch of people just saw that like, oh yeah, you can buy GameStop for really cheap. And if all of us do do it, it will just get a bunch of money. It will gain in value, and this hedge fund will lose money because of it. And it just blew up. I mean, I don't know why. Well, this is the thing of I like, I mean, why. the stock market is like always been just essentially like a black box of of bullshit. But it's interesting because like, especially lately, like I feel like every time with the GameStop thing included, but like every time Elon Musk, for example, like he can literally like, and he does this often, where he'll just like tweet the name of a company. And overnight, their stock just well, like I think balloons. he got like in trouble. Like he got like in big or well, relatively big trouble with the SEC for doing that. Because he was like, I'm, I'm op, I'm optioning or like I'm putting Tesla public at 420 a stock. Right. But that's like blatant market manipulation, and is illegal. Well, he did. Well, yeah, he did get in trouble that because <laughs> it was his company. But on the reg, he does like, he'll just like say something generic about a random company. And their stock goes like way through the roof. Like that happens all the time, and it's like it's it's like interesting because he's just an example of like he's like the most he's like the meme lord right of like the fucking mm-hmm. of the internet. But there's a lot of other cases where it's like if you are going viral, if you are a popular person on the internet, just the mere fact of you like like so like it's the same thing was happening with like like COVID and shit too, right? Where it's like the stock market was still booming because like we were funneling money and like confidence into the stock market while it wasn't really reflecting any, you know, on the ground health of the economy. It's like, I feel like it's just more pronounced now than ever. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I I guess I don't really know. Yeah. I don't really know what to say about it. I mean, the stock market certainly, I mean, people are like, well, Oh, it's like the stock market had a, we had a fucking record. We had a banner year this year in a lot of, in a lot of, by a lot of metrics, despite the fact that, you know, people are being immiserated and impoverished across the country at a rate not seen since the 1930s and by many metrics. I mean, why, why, and why is the stock market doing so well? I think part of it is that companies, you know, a massive labor surplus redounds to the benefit of a lot of companies. Like full employment means that you have to bar, you have to you have to like you have to court workers you know that means right. you have to raise wages you have to you have to get people to come to you because the the economy's booming baby but when the economy is is in the doldrums that means that you have a clam you have a mass of people clamoring at your doors for work which means as a company you can cut costs like you can cut wages you can do anything like uh you can do any number of things rather um it sort of redounds to the benefit of a company if they can run a a tight shit because people are desperate. You right. know what I mean? There's also the fact um, that the stock market is, is sort of a, uh, a leading indicator. Like it's saying like, what is stuff going to look like? And right. the fact is if you're at the bottom now, there's only one way, which is up. 
and there's something to be said for that. I mean, if we're sucking shit right now, if everything is quite, quite bad, that means that, like, all right, it's probably not going to get much worse. I mean, that's the – well, this is the logic of the stock market. Right. I mean, let's let's bear in mind that there have been catastrophic gaping fallouts in the past. I yeah. mean, you've it's had – It's, like, cyclical, right? I mean, it's like – It is. It's built into – I mean, we're not we're not a Marxist economics podcast. That's You have to check out my forthcoming podcast for that. <laughs> but you can talk about the way that this – Check out the Red Scare, y'all. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's you – know, let's not give them too much credit. But you should. That's a good podcast. But, like – you know, it's this boom and bust cycle is built in, absolutely, and like capitalism does, absolutely engender these bubbles of people right. just investing and investing because, you know, uh, the f- it's it's completely unmoored from any like actual fundamental value because right. it's not none of this is like a, a function of, you know, uh, how much like uh, how sound a company is or how much like value is being produced by the people who work for it. Yeah. Maybe we'll disagree on this one. I'm curious, like to just go with it. Is that like, kind of, like especially everything we're seeing with like the wall street bets and just like, I think to extension, the disparity between like how well the stock market is doing versus how shitty the economy is doing. It all shows that like the stock market is pretty like Fugazi, but at the same time, I like think about this a lot where it's like, if you're a person that's like a middle class family or something and like you have like a mutual fund and like you let that shit sit and like, you know, 20 years from now, yeah, but like most that, that shit like allows your kids to go to college and some stuff. It's like, that, that is, like is one of the few sure, bets that we have that's like pretty safe in order to like to like get money. But the overwhelming and majority of people who own stock, it's like 5% of the population owns like 90 plus percent. Of, of stocks, including in mutual funds, including if you have your shit indexed. I mean, most people own zero, well, I thought zero it was, stocks. I thought the last thing I checked, it was like about 30% of Americans had stocks. So but 70% of Americans have no stocks whatsoever is the flip side of that, which right. means this is largely not something that is... And like, yeah, a lot of hedge funds and stuff, they control like 401ks and pensions to the extent that either of those still exist. But like, that's just something that's... Those should be being tucked away safely i mean you're right yeah like a, like a lot of people like i grew up middle class i'm sure my parents had some stocks that helped them help me out you know uh, as a child and so forth but that's like a, that's relatively rare i mean even if it is even if it is 30 percent, i mean 30 percent own anything so how like i'm sure only a tiny percentage of that yet again own the majority it's a rarefied thing. I mean, I, I mean, you're right. It would be good. I mean, and, and this is why, and I guess we're, we're starting to go long here, but, like, in a lot of countries, like, in a lot of Scandinavian countries, they have, like, well, sovereign wealth funds where, like, there is just a fucking, like, a hedge fund, essentially, a mutual fund. It's more of a mutual fund than a hedge fund. That is just the state, and everyone has a share in it, and they get a dividend. Like, just by merit of being a citizen of, like, Sweden or Norway, I forget which one actually. It sounds like UBI, but like wrapped it's, up in a It's UBI, thing. but it's not cash. It's you have equity, right. which is like that is so much more powerful than just cash because cash can be eaten up by inflation. It can be eaten up by rents. But if you have equity, that's something you can trade off of. That's like real value that isn't as subject to the dilution of, you know, um, of the market. And 
for what it's worth, I'm pretty sure like Norway owned like fifth owned like three percent of GameStop and made like a really? ton of money off this. Yeah, <laughs> dude, could you imagine? I was just thinking about this. I know it's probably not the case, but like you know how like a lot of companies, it's like when you sign up, like they'll like they'll give you a shitty salary because they're like, yo, you can have like some stock options or yeah, stuff. Quick option. Yeah. GameStop if you're a GameStop, happen, <laughs> if you're a GameStop clerk and like all of a sudden <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you're like, yo. <laughs> yeah, they're like, okay, so what you can do is you can get um you can get one free game a month or you can get like. Yeah, like five shares of GameStop. And they're like, yeah, if you had opted for the latter, you would have made like $10,000, something like that. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, let's take uh, take another quick break, and then maybe we'll do a uh, little little last segment. That sounds good, man. Cool. All right. So we're back. Um, listen, we've talked about we've talked about the the uh, the body politic, <laughs> um, the, our, our, our beasts weeping sore covered body politic and we've talked about the the market those markets baby oh the market oh the market we live by it we love it we sacrifice uh a lamb to it every day when we wake up i actually have a tattoo of market do you my, yeah it's right if you look at it hey it says, oh that's what that is yeah oh shit i didn't i hadn't noticed um if you look at it too long you'll go insane um yeah, but now I guess w- one more thing. What's the other thing? Like, what is the other one member of the big three of markets, uh, discourse? Markets, manipulation, and Musk. And Musk. Yeah, <laughs> there's this Musk. I'm s- I smell something terrible. It smells like shit. It yeah. smells like, uh, yeah, like a diamond mine or something, like uh, desert, apartheid. It's Elon Musk, folks. Um, yeah, Ma- Mac, you just told me how... Uh, Right after Elon got done telling us how you can play the broken and completely unplayable video game Cyberpunk <laughs> 2077 on their broken and undrivable Tesla vehicles, um, which is great because I guess they're expecting that a lot of people are going to be uh, buying their cars and then being homeless and living in them. <laughs> it's important that you also can game on them. Yeah. But apparently, yeah, what the, the, you can't you can't play you can't. You can't actually use the car either. Yeah, whatever you think of Elon Musk, he offers you some just hilarious little moments of failure. I think I'm thinking back to like when he announced Cybertruck and like threw a baseball into the window to prove how strong it was and it just shattered immediately. <laughs> this is similar in that because essentially to recap what Jenna was saying is like, yeah, last week, like they had the Musk had this big unveil of the new Tesla where he was saying that like, um, they had like the the computer that's built into the, the touchscreen is so powerful that you can like it's a gaming rig and you can run like The Witcher or Cyberpunk on it and then <laughs> playing literally the Witcher like, tri- playing The Witcher at a red light. I'm yeah, doing like an RPG I, style. I, yeah, I just <laughs> gloss over the fact that that that's a thing that people want. It's like th- we're so addicted to our fucking not being bored that we have yeah. to play a role playing game while we're on while the highway. We're in traffic. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But, yeah, um, I like that. But no, yeah, just days after that happened. Um, <laughs> Tesla had to recall 130,000 of their cars because they had a problem with the touch. Do they even have that many that are even? Yeah. Like, but get this. Good so for them. Get, so what do you think was wrong with the touchscreen? Um, I don't know. I I would assume that like when you, if you like did it, the like the three finger swipe up command made the engine uh, emulsify and burst into flames. Uh, pretty much. I mean, like uh, that seems to be. They love to light on fire. Yeah, Tesla's. they do like to light on fire. Do you uh? You drive a car. Do you ever like? Um, do you ever use your rear view camera? Like the backup camera? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, you can't do that anymore. 
No, none of that. Not, not, not with the Tesla. I, I support that actually. You know what? Now I'm on Team Elon because you know I used to take. I'm like good at parallel parking. It took me a long, not a, it took me a while to do that. You know, like I grew up in a place with a lot of hills, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of like really sketchy parks. Like if you have to really just like really time it right, so you didn't just like lurch back into someone's bumper. And now everyone's got a fucking camera that does it for them and it gives you the lines. That's unfair. So, you know what? And you know what? If I could have been playing The Witcher on my <laughs> mom's 2002 Acura MDX instead of having a, you know, I don't know, uh, a backup camera, I think I would have, I would be much better for okay, it. So that one gets a pass. But in another instance, do you ever, when it's snowing outside or raining a lot, do you ever use like a defogger? Um, what I normally do is I'll actually just like, I'll kick my windshield out <laughs> from the inside, like with my boot, like. Do you own a Tesla? I do. <laughs> I have one on back order. Uh, right now, I, right now, I'll be honest, folks. I'm, it's not. It's, it hasn't been a glow up for me so far. I'm just riding my bicycle, <laughs> but I have driven several cars in my life. Yeah. Um, well, so good for you. But you tell Basically, me. part of the uh, the recall was that like a lot of people were unable to use their defroster or any other part of their. That seems potentially system. very dangerous. Yeah, doesn't it? Like if you were driving and you couldn't see out your windshield. But it's okay because you're it, playing cyberpunk while while you're crashing down in you know torrential. Could you? Here's a question. I haven't played cyberpunk, but I know you have. Is there a functionality in the game cyberpunk wherein like you can hack the car and make it do stuff for you? Because maybe you could yeah. use you could yeah. you could log into cyberpunk, use your hacking capacity to hack the car again to make it <laughs> defrost the windows. Uh, that would be great. Yeah, I think as long as you just have a certain think, skill tree up, it's like yeah. you know, <laughs> when you go to the hospital after you crash off the highway, it's all taken care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like GTA. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you do like a 300 mile per hour and you just crash into a Jersey barrier at 350 miles per hour. And then you, next thing you know, you're walking out of the hospital going, damn. And it's like <laughs> everything. And, and, and you see a minus, minus $300. And you're like, damn, that was so expensive. I can't believe that just took $300. <laughs> To recon- reconstitute my body from slurry. So, yeah, folks, if you have your Tesla, make sure, if you are driving a Tesla, make sure you check the Best Buy date on the bottom. <laughs> you may have to send it back to the factory. It may contain E. coli. Just be careful out there. Um, and if you are gaming while driving, you know, make sure you're quick saving. Make yeah, sure you're hitting F5 quick to quick save. That's quick super save. important. All right, y'all. Well, I think that's um, let's about do it. it right? Let's let's sign off. Do we have a sign off yet? No, I think last time we were we just had Ray licking his dick, but we yeah, can't make him do that on command. So no, that's not good. That's not good so for him. So for now, maybe uh, until next week. All right, until next week. See you later, guys. All right, see y'all. Ciao.